Welcome or welcome back to Backstage at the Customer Experience. I'm your host, Kathleen Peterson, Founder and Chief Vision Officer of Powerhouse Consulting. I've spent over 30 years in the contact center industry and I've had the very good fortune to work with some of the top customer-focused companies across multiple industries. I speak about everything very candidly, particularly as it relates to delivering on the promises of the customer experience. From the C-level to the cube level, I've explored what it takes to deliver that five-star experience. This podcast is designed to share those experience and some uh, insights while having fun along the way. Today's topic is our second session on Goodbye 2020 Lessons Learned. I'm joined today with senior by senior consultant uh, at Powerhouse, Dennis Hauser, and we, in our last episode, talked about the we talked about what the lessons that we have been learned in 2020 contact centers as a result of this pandemic and the disruption that it caused. We discussed the ex, the fact that disruption and crisis exposes both strengths and weaknesses within organizations. And I believe our takeaway um, or the takeaway uh, here is that leadership has been the greatest strength with technology readiness being the greatest weakness. And I, I made a distinction in the readiness category in technology because a lot of people have the technology, but the readiness of the technology is, is it scalable? Is it uh, functioning for the contact center environment? Is it optimized? Is it integrated? Which I think is something that that has to be defined at, in the contact center at the user interface level. Because we all know the back end of a lot of systems are quote unquote integrated. We in the contact center have to look at the results of that integration from a user interface. So I think when I say integration in the contact center, I'm not really talking about whether or not your e-commerce system talks to your stores or, you know, how that, I'm really talking about what the individual agents going to see when they open up their desktop, how many applications they have to open, because there should be, you know, if, if there were one big thing I would probably buy for every contact center, if I were like richer than Bill Gates, maybe, <laughs> would be a, you know, a desktop interface, a smart desktop, a single sign-on, something that allowed my agents to have what they needed at their fingertips, not just the fact that you could drive that contact to me. You know, I, I hate to say that that's call center 101, but that's kind of call center 101. The execution, when the call arrives, uh, you know, the distinction between answered versus handled. You know, a lot of people go after an answered call. Look at our service, that was fantastic. We answered the call. Uh, when in fact, honestly, um, you didn't handle it. You, know, you have to, you're just moving where I'm going to be delayed. And I think that brings us to kind of the topic we wanted to talk about today was 
in this disruption, what has what have we learned about hiring? Well, what we found is that uh, a lot of people, you know, wanted to uh, to be hired, and uh, they're in line with about a hundred million other folks who need now to be hired. And now HR departments are having uh, challenges on how to process all of that um, need and desire. It's really interesting. Uh, I think HR has often struggled with the contact center period. Uh, I, I think there's a historical uh, identity almost assigned to quote unquote customer service agents as if they're more in a, in a simple job and in some environments maybe it is simple but most simple tasks have now been automated they're they're not being handled by a human so the humans have been reallocated to the more challenging interactions but I don't think it's caught up with HR in a lot of places I think the compensation that people offer is in some organizations limiting the number and type of resources that they can attract and right now the market the contact center market is probably as hot as it's ever been I oh believe, absolutely you know? absolutely and you know this this uh, is is very reminiscent back in uh, one of my operational lifetimes I worked uh, in Indianapolis at Resort Condominiums International and and we were on the Inc 500 list of the fastest growing privately held companies in America for 3 years in a row it was insane amount of growth and for two and a half out of those 3 years um, we were the only other than Bell Operator Services, the only call center in town. And we dealt with vacation products. So I had people lined out my door wanting to come work for Resort Condominiums International. We played, paid very well as well. And we felt we had pretty enlightened management. Um, at year two and a half, the call center magazine ran the uh, ubiquitous once a year, where to put a call center in America, Salt Lake City, Austin, Texas, San Antonio, and Indianapolis, Indiana. And in six months, not only did I have comp you know, uh, competition for call center agents in Indianapolis, they were on my street. Mm -hmm. um, I had Charles Schwab, Geico, Sally May showed up and put in huge call centers in Indianapolis. Now I had to work for a living yeah, right. and, and recruit people. And what we had to do is make sure that we were, I, I don't need all the call center people to work in my call center. I just need all the good ones. Yeah. And so if you put HR, uh, and I loved my HR department. They kept me out of so much trouble. Mm -hmm. But... From a recruiting and hiring perspective, you can't delegate that. You you have to be totally involved in that process. And I think what COVID has done has made everybody more distant and remote and it's exacerbating that problem. So if you if you've turned it over to HR and now they're more even more remote from the process than before, uh, bad things are gonna happen. Well, it's it's that whole um, leading up to this, and I'm not indicting HR in this by any stretch, 
<clears throat> However, there had emerged a bit of a, a post and pray recruiting model in a lot of HR organizations. Instead of the guerrilla recruiting that, you know, I've often seen organizations do to get the cream of the crop, that that passion and that obsession had, had really, in a lot of organizations that I'm familiar with, has kind of, you know, it's kind of been a, a, a storm. HR is not really looking for, you know, the wonder kids. Uh, the organization is not necessarily funding either what we need to be paying or the organizational infrastructure requisite to support this model. And you know and everything else under that you know, under that umbrella of hiring starts to get very dicey because you know now it, it, and I can give you a story that this the in this particular organization they uh, historically the supervisors always were part of the recruiting and doing the hiring for the contact center uh, in this disruption because of course this is an organization whose uh, demand went through the roof uh, those folks had um, to be reallocated the supervisors instead of doing the job of hiring were not reallocated to helping on the floor or you know helping with training or doing everything but coaching and hiring and the consequence was the two classes that they had with that model the failure rate was exponential because they were almost hiring you know using the well if you can breathe and start monday i think you're our kid you know you will fit the role you'll fit the role beautifully and, and on the other end of the spectrum is trying to get technology to be able to make your decisions for you how fast can you type what is your personality profile uh are you an introvert or an extrovert and and you end up with people sitting in training classes that you've you've never talked to well, and that's the whole, that whole interview thing. If we, you know, take a look at that, I thought it was interesting. A lot of folks were replacing face-to-face -face interviews with video interviews, of which I've, you know, done several helping, you know, clients, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. There's a lot of missing pieces. You have to work a lot harder. And I think the other thing that is critical that a lot of people just don't have is interview guides anyone who does the interview we're all singing from the same hymnal the candidate assessment tool what is the criteria upon which we are making these assessments make drawing these conclusions and the hiring protocols you know so that we maintain an equitable process in this but without those tools, and honestly, um, you know, I've had some experiences with, with people who were, would come out of an interview and they would say, um, what do you, you know, we would ask, well, what, what do you think? Oh, uh, no, don't like him. No, not going to work. Well, why not? Um, he reminds me of, you know, this other jaboni head. You know, it's like, well, that's just not 
you know, that's not going to pass the stink test very well at all. So trying to introduce disciplines, and that's, I think, one of the things that a lot of contacts and a struggle with, quite frankly, is the disciplines around things. There's a lot of embracing of chaos because the belief is, well, that's how it is in call centers. It's always chaotic. And I would say to you, oh, no, au contraire. And and a lot of times uh, we, we will put up barriers um, upon barriers so that the, the applicant um, has to jump through 40 hoops Ugh. Of, of our choosing, you know, tell me this, tell me that, tell me that, tell me that, tell him that. When I, was, when I was in the fits of recruiting during this really intense year where all these call centers were really coming in and, and making my life terrible, um, we flipped the script. Um, I made sure that when we placed ads um, that there was, there was no place to send a resume. You had to call. And I set up an inbound call center of my most senior people who huh. would take these calls. They were the first person that the applicant heard from, a person doing the job they're going to apply for. And instead of saying, well, you know, how many years experience you have? What's your current salary? What a, you know, before that, the, the first thing that the, 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 their script, their call guide was, tell them everything about the position. I've been here for two years. I love it to death. Here's how much we pay. Here's what the uh, hours are, here, that. And so the applicant gets all the information that they need to then sell themselves to me. <laughs> and so those people, if they heard somebody, and they would say, well, tell me about the product you know best. Tell me about yourself. What have you done? Just open-ended. And they would go through, and, and I, the, 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 dictate was if you heard personality flowing through the phone set them up for an interview with HR if you didn't um, you know send their paperwork to HR you know you have to invite everybody in but you don't have to set an appointment today for everybody and so we would take the people who were the most the most effusive over the phone selling themselves very competently and instead of having all of those barriers and that's great philosophy to hire always but in this COVID environment it's too easy to get one step two step ten steps more removed from the process and not be able to identify your top top talent well and I think that's you know the, the key is using things that we maybe didn't use before uh, you know I think having having agents speak to them as long as they say nice things uh, those calls are 100% recorded <laughs> <laughs> well, think, of, think hey, about. Hey, you sound uh, a little too smart for this operation, pal. <laughs> they, they were, they that they looked at that as a nice break of, from their daily drudge. Well, plus it's there's a thing called job discretion, and the ability to give anyone in any job, but I think particularly in contact centers, they're particularly res resistant to empowering their their people and. And, and I, it's not just what kind of calls you take. What you've just described not only empowers, it engages, it makes the person comes in and goes, hey, I'm the one that interviewed you. It's really nice to, to see you because we're going, you know, we're going virtual. Uh, so all of those things have to become virtualized. And I actually think that pre-assessment te tests are an important uh, il uh, filter because, um, you know, we had a funny story with one of our clients that um, 
they 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 came into training and they instructed the the learners to click a start button of the PC and they had no idea what the start button was because they had come out of a you know an Apple world and a device world so now they have a test for whether or not you know you know because they had never intent entertained the thought of teaching someone PC you know it just hadn't really um, uh, occurred to them. You know, I think the other thing that we should have, um, and we maybe we should do this on another podcast, is, uh, you know, learning to interact on camera. Um, I've seen some people who have been there for interviews who it was just, it was, uh, you know, no reason for some of the um, things that happened <laughs> with some people. So we'll save that. Well, you know, we'll 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 save that. But it's part hiring, and it's yes. not just the uh, the candidate who needs to be video ready. It's the interviewers. It, it's just really been um, a disruption, I think, to the masses in a time when you need to hire a lot of people, and we have all these limitations and restrictions on what we can and cannot do in terms of you know, getting them on board. And our next podcast in this topic is going to be about training and onboarding uh, people during this, what we've learned about what we need to be doing. And I think some of the lessons that we've learned in hiring, you know, disciplines associated with hiring, clarity around what the job is, making sure the person is qualified, not only from a transactional perspective. You know, a, a lot of people will say, I'll hire for the interaction skills and I can teach you the transaction skills. It's very hard to teach people how to be nice. Um, you know, if you're not nice, that's just about the end of the story. It's like, although, you know, George Burns, I'll leave this with a quote from the famous actor George Burns. When someone, out, he had a career in Hollywood, for those of you not young enough to know who George Burns was. Um, he had, a, you know, probably a 90-year career in Hollywood. And they said, George, you know, what do you attribute your success to your long-term success and his answer was sincerity once you can once you can fake that you can do anything <laughs> so i'll leave you on that happy note um thoughts comments questions concerns are mightily welcomed they can be sent to info at powerhouse com. that's the digit one info at powerhouse com. we look forward to being together again in this virtual world. And uh, until then, be, sa be safe and stay well.